Hey guys, we're starting off this podcast with uh, some information that you guys may or may not know. The Willie family had a tragedy last week. Uh, Chris and Andrea lost their son, Wyatt, and we wanted to take a moment to tell them that we were thinking about them. Yeah, this is, uh, this is Derek and Chris and Andrea. Emily and I are thinking about you and your family. Can't even imagine what you're going through. Like, Yeah, it's just... It's just unbelievable. It's hard to even think about. And if you guys need anything, you know that we're here for you. So we're just going to take a minute, have a little moment of silence for them, and uh, just let you know that we're, we're thinking about you. From overlanding in your stock rig to full-on LS-powered two buggies on stickies. This is the Total Offer Podcast. I'm Steve. I'm working on a two-day hangover. <laughs> and I'm Derek, and this is episode 148. <laughs> if you guys don't know, that's Beer Mike <laughs> in classic oh, yeah. form. Uh, excessive Beer Mike. Excessive Beer Mike. You should have just drank scotch with me, scotch and coffee. I felt great the next day. And maybe that was the trick. That was the trick. But uh, drink. Definitely switching to a dark beer after drinking nothing but Miller Lite all night was not the trick. <laughs> I and kept I, drinking Miller Lite. I even had a shot, I think, a Jameson right before bed, which definitely was too much alcohol, but I ate so much pizza that I think it, was fine. it uh, reversed the effects. I ate too so much lucky. pizza. For those that don't know, oh, we yeah. were all at a wedding, friends wedding together this past weekend. Um, Frat boy. Matt, Matt Hayes. A frat boy's wedding. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> that boy was that there. Was incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even drunk. Not even a little bit. It was a good Matt time. Hayes and Amanda, congrats, by the way. I know he doesn't uh, listen yes. to the podcast a whole lot or at all. but <laughs> Or at all. If it, someday he decides to go through and listen to all this, then we're really happy for you guys. That's for sure. Yeah. Got the youngest already. Come on, Steve. It was a good time. We're supposed to be tired here. We went to the Cord, the Auburn Cord Duesenberg Museum was quite amazing in Auburn, Indiana. Highly recommend if you're ever over in that area, swing on by there. Even if you don't like old cars, it's really cool to go in there and start reading the history. Um, Just start kind of buzzing around and check out some of the plaques. There's a uh, cool looking prototype up in the upstairs, like the loft area or whatever you want to call it. Not really a loft, but just the upstairs. It's like a, it's kind of spaceshipy looking. It's got a lot of windows in it. Yeah, it's kind of a cool. gray color. Did you read the uh, mm-hmm. plaque on that? Yeah. The guy that developed that or the guy that helped design it, it was his car. I think they were building it for him. He helped design it. And it was the first car to ever have T-tops put in it. It was like a 1947, I want to say something like that. And, uh, 37, I think. Was it a 37? It was, it was older. Um, and uh, first vehicle ever to have T-tops put in, and he patented the T-top design. And then uh, later in 1960-something, when they decided to put T-tops in the Corvette, uh, he sued GM for stealing his design. <laughs> Which I'm guessing... Yeah, they don't last that long. I'm guessing they must have settled. I'm guessing they must have settled on that because uh, 
because GM continued to put T-tops in fucking everything. Or so maybe it was 47 and because I think patents only last 20 years. It was. So if they don't find a way to renew or make the so it was a 19, design like modern. It's a 1948 Tasco, and I don't know. Mm. Um, I don't know how long it took to acquire the patent. You know what I mean? So if they designed it in 1948. Maybe it took them a year or two to get it, so it was good. And then in 1968, yeah. so 20 years later, uh, it says he later sued General Motors for infringement when the 1968 Corvette came out with the T-top roof. So, yeah, I don't know. Cool piece of history. It was dope. Um, I also wonder, maybe that's why the Corvette got rid of the split rear window. Because a lot of times um, when you infringe on a patent, there's like a lot of claims mm-hmm. that you have to like do, like to be infringing on it. You have to meet those claims. And sometimes you can just change the feature. And it's like the same idea, but it's mm-hmm. different. And so technically, like it doesn't infringe on the patent. So maybe that's what GM did. They're like, all right, fine. Here, we'll settle for 1968 model years. And then we're going <laughs> to slightly change it for 69 or whatever. <laughs> right. I don't even know. Gee, whatever the case, they definitely didn't quit doing it. No, they, no, sure they definitely did not. Like I did not win. Or if he did win, it wasn't enough. It wasn't enough to like, yeah, GM was like, here's some money. Shut up. Just, just stop it. We're or maybe like, it, so. or maybe like you said, maybe he, uh, maybe if either they settled or he, um, Oh, what was that? He collects royalties. It, it, well, the, every time they make a T-top car, he gets five dollars. He has eighteen gazillion dollars now. Until the until the patent runs out, I yeah. feel like. So I'm looking at a '68 Sting right here, and it has um, it has the T-tops in it. So I wonder if they didn't go to the in '69 if they didn't go to like the Targa or like the the entire being cut out. You know, what I'm talking about? yeah. So anyway, pretty cool, cool information, cool place to be and uh, definitely a cool place for a wedding because when everybody was out there dancing and doing their thing and I wanted a little break from the music, I was able to scat out into the, in the museum for a little bit and check out some more old cool cars. So that was smart of you. It was a good time. I wish I'd have done it a little earlier. It was fun hanging out with everybody, but when people started hitting the dance floor as it got a little later in the night, grabbed me some ice cream, then headed out to the, to the museum. But uh, anyway, that's what uh, that was part of what I did. Mike, you have anything to add to that? I mean, you guys were both there, so you guys add whatever you did, whatever you thought of the wedding. It was kind of surprising that they let people have wedding receptions there because you know there's going to be somebody get drunk and go out there and like scratch a Duesenberg. It costs like eight million dollars, <laughs> stupid like that. TD. <laughs> yeah. like that little rope that's tied around it might stop you or something. Yeah. I don't know. Um, they sure didn't have much know. security. If any at all, maybe, two. maybe one guy. I don't there's two guys. Know. I think there was one guy. Uh, two guys? I think there's two guys. I, unless they changed shift, they may have changed shift, but there was definitely one guy and then a different guy later. So I was going to, I didn't get a chance, but I was going to ask him. I was like, Oh, so have you read every plaque in here? Like, do you know everything about everything within this, uh, museum? Oh, the security guy. I thought you were going to, I thought you were talking about Matt. I was like, <laughs> yes, Matt does know everything about everything in that museum. And he didn't read the plaques. He said, yeah, he already knew that. <laughs> yeah, he wrote he the plaque. He wrote the plaque. <laughs> he wrote them. Did you guys see that scout? That concept scout? Yes. Mm. 79 scout. 79, the 79 prototype. Yeah, I thought it was cool. I didn't even read the plaque on it yet, um, but I did take a picture of it so I could read it later. Uh, I liked it. I thought it was cool looking. It, now that that made more sense for the name scout. 
Um, we'll have to like post a picture somewhere of it. Yeah. But like it looks when you look at like this goofy looking thing, like it looks like something that should be called Scout. <laughs> Rather than like, like it's the, cute. Yeah. It's the a, actual Scout and the Scout too are like, you know, they're like it's like a Bronco ish. You know, like mm-hmm. Sorry, international owners. I'm sure you are hate me, hate me right now. Cause yeah, the Scout Two and the Bronco are very similar. It's, not in, under, in it's totally different. It's not a Bronco. They have similar similar characteristics. Uh, did you guys notice the picture on the wall of that prototype had a window in the door, the a window in the lower portion of the door, like the middle of it, below the handle? Yes. Yeah. Are you looking at a picture? Yeah, I got one right here as well. Um, yeah. Oh, wow. So I thought that was kind of interesting. In 1979, International tried to put a window in the door. If you look at that actual vehicle, no window. Yep, mm-hmm. no window. Derek's got a picture. Um, so we'll post up some of these pictures on the Trail Riders tomorrow morning, and that way you guys can scope them out when you get to this episode. But uh, um, what I thought was interesting about that is when they prototyped the JL, they attempted the same thing. For off-road visibility? I, I don't so you know. Like to see what's coming up. Like, I mean, that would be ideal, right? Be? I don't know. Yeah, off-road visibility make you feel more like you're out of like the vehicle's not so uh, closed in, maybe. But they, but yeah, if you look at the pro- the prototype JL stuff, they were trying to put a window in the middle of the door. And when the actual um, production model came out, no window in the door. That was very <laughs> interesting. There's got to be something. Safety reason. I, I'm like it can't be strong enough, like a side impact or something. Right. Yep. That's what I'm wondering is like, it's just not, not feasible uh, at this time or something. I don't know, but, or maybe it's something to do with rolling the window down. If you have a window there, you can't have, and then also have the window rolling down. So you lose that crash bar in the center of the door. Oh, yeah, I wonder, point. I wonder if it came from farm equipment. From farm equipment? Oh, yeah, that's true. Farm equipment would have like, like they were designing board. tractors and combines and stuff like that. And oh, like, yeah. They got to be able to see stuff. And they're like, yep. You know, I don't know. I think it's cool. I'd love to have a window there. I don't know why it'd be fun, but. But yeah, I'm guessing the, that's why, roll, because it's the, lack of, yeah. the lack of rolling down the window is probably why they didn't actually do it. They're like, look how cool this is. And then somebody's <laughs> like, um, how do you roll the window down? <laughs> how are you going to roll the window down? They're like, make the window regulator God entirely out of glass. And so it's just clear. <laughs> and so you see right through it. <laughs> oh, maybe that's the thing. Like, yeah, the, the mechanism, when you roll it down, like you see all the mechanics and that's kind of annoying. Be cool. I mean, yeah, That'd it'd be, be cool. cool for us, but for, for like, uh, the, the gen pop, you'd be like, Oh, uh, yeah, Why can yeah. I see all these parts in here? Um, there was some really cool stuff in there. Some of the old like 1920s models. There was a, a carriage, a, um, a horse-drawn carriage called the Spring Buggy. The first electric car. Oh, did they? I didn't get to see it. Yep. It was the, what is it? What was it called? Waverly 1899 electric car. I actually don't even know if it was the first, but it was an electric car. It had two whole horsepower. Ooh. Um, 44 battery cells, which is actually a fair amount. Wait, are you oh, talking about that thing that was in the corner that looked like it was a horse-drawn carriage that had a tiny motor under the seat? Yep. Yeah, that's not the thing I'm thinking of. The thing I'm oh. thinking of was tiny. Like, it was little, little. Oh. But it uh, looked like it was horse-drawn. I was like, that's not a car, but if you like, kind of duck down, you'd see there's a, a tiny engine under the seats. Oh, interesting. Hey. A photo of it. The one that I'm talking about. that's called or anything. The, the Eckhart Spring Buggy, the 1900 Eckhart Spring Buggy, uh, was in fact horse drawn. And one of the cool things about that is these two vehicles are sitting side by side and, um, there's a car right next to it and they were both built in the same 
place. Um, but uh, they built that that their Eckhart buggy was built in their basically their living room. It was built in their parlor. Interesting, right? So that's how they that's how that's they started wonderful. the company. Yeah, not wild. This is the thing I'm talking about. It's a 1907 Kiblinger Model D, and oh. you like, I mean, you won't be able to tell from this, but. Uh... Oh, okay. Yeah, that looks. Okay. It looks that, like it's literally just at all, a seat. Look real close. There's like a tiny motor poking its head right really? there. It's just a seat with axles and wagon wheels. It has a tiny motor under it. Well, it's not an engine, not a motor, but it's just crazy. Means, you can look and see the motor. The motor is like right there in the back. Oh, okay, axle. I gotcha. Yeah. So it's pretty cool. You know, Steve's actually right. At first, when he said, "If you even if you don't like old cars, you should go there," and I was like, "Maybe you shouldn't," because <laughs> I don't really like old cars, but. But I actually kind of enjoyed it too. Um, yeah, like not really old cars. You know, I'm just like, eh. yeah, they're like super they're, old. They're like real classy. It's it's one of those things and they for had like me. Front wheel drive Auburns, which were like have like a crazy diff system and like dual car, double cardening U joints at the axles and stuff. That was pretty neat. I thought it was cool I to look think. at some of the engineering from back then. Super simplistic, yeah, right. but but very cool. So I think the coolest thing about that museum is that unlike a lot of automobile museums have a lot of tacky old cars. Oh. This is like really innovative stuff, really rare, expensive stuff. Like it was, uh-huh. it was not a tacky place. Whereas when I hear a car museum, I'm like, oh, okay, is Elvis <laughs> going to be sitting in one? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> is it a 1979 so, yeah. Eldorado? Um, exactly. So, you no, know, no, these are, yeah, Duesenberg model J's, Duesenberg model X. Like there's so many, there's a lot of different stuff in there. It's cool. It was uh it's cool to see the history. Yeah. That was the biggest thing for me. It was mostly Duesenbergs and uh, Auburns and yeah, Fords, but mm-hmm. there was also an E Jag E type. There was an XJ Really? 120. There was Jags in there? Um Yep, two of them. Missed yep. them. Oh. Oh, how yeah. could you miss the E type? It's so beautiful. There was a 1954 Corvette. There was a numbers matching. Did see that. Was it a fifty six? I'm guessing no. those are just what just on on uh, display by um, whomever's donating them for the time type of thing. Well, this one was these were kind of in like a timeline area oh. where it like went from like the like original car, which was a buggy, to like more modern cars, including the impact of like the Duesenbergs and the Auburns and stuff. And yeah, what did uh, all the signs say there? Were they like this car adopted by? Is that what it said? Oh. They all said some yeah. weird term like. Probably it means like sponsored by basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They were neat. Check it out. Yeah. If you're out there. Place. There's nothing to do with off-road stuff though. <laughs> except for that 79 <laughs> Bronco. Except for that. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, was there actually a Bronco? <laughs> oh no, I'm sorry. I'm a scout. Oops. <laughs> oh my God. Except for that 79 oh, Bronco. Oh, that was hilarious. <laughs> Anyway, trying to piss off international owners. Um, yeah, there was a lot of cool uh, stuff there. So anyway, uh, let's roll into off-roady things. That was what we did this weekend, and it was pretty cool. Mm, let's get Derek's update. We'll get Eric, uh, Derek's update first on the truck. You have pulled it apart. It fits in the driveway. Let's start with that. It fits Fairly. in the driveway against the garage. Yeah, I have to like back it up to the garage by about an inch. But, but it, does it does not hang in the driveway. Over. Yeah. Bumper sticks out a little bit into the sidewalk, it's but it's bad. like rounded-ish, yeah. so it's fine. Yeah. Your no, neighbors nobody, don't hate you yet. Nobody's going to complain about 
that. It's pretty decent. Yeah. <laughs> they might complain about other face. stuff. Yeah. You got a um, lot of walkers? So, do I? Does the neighborhood have a lot of walkers? Oh, yeah. Oh, and we're it? like the other side of our streets against like a creek, dry mm. creek. Um, so it's actually, it's kind of nice and quiet. Um, so there's a lot of joggers and cyclists and dog gotcha. people walking their dogs. Using your um, sidewalk or the other, across the street? And in the street, like, you know, yeah. but there's no sidewalk on the other side of the street. Oh, it's okay. like just, it goes into nature, um, which is really nice. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're well, walking around. But it's fine. Um, it's the part that the truck sticking out of the sidewalk is not a big burden. It's really mm. not a big deal. Um, uh, so I parked it, pulled the rear drive shaft to, well, Did first you block I pulled it? the skids, <laughs> then pulled the rear drive shaft and was like, oh, I found an issue for sure. One of the U-joint, before I even pulled the cap off, one of the U-joint needles was sticking out. <laughs> <laughs> was that in the rear? So was that in the transfer case? Then? Wow. Pinion, pinion side. Pinion side. Okay. Yeah. That's what I yep. figured. That's where that's um, what I figured it was. The other two joints on that drive shaft are totally fine. My guess, because the other cap on that same axis of the trunnion is totally fine. So my mm. guess is that I got dirt or something in there and it messed up the seal and blew out all of its grease. And just like when I pulled that cap off, it took like a lot of pliers and hammering uh, yep. to get it off. It's just she black was dust. Just wrecked. Yeah. It was yeah, you, you break, you um, get one thing in there that messes that up and then you break one needle bearing and it starts grinding that needle bearing. It's over with. Oh yeah. Mm. Oh yeah. I'm surprised you made it and, all the way across the country. And then the last two hours. At yeah, the, exactly. You know, yeah. And honestly, who knows like when it got real bad? Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I don't recall any like noises starting until after I left Sacramento, which was like an hour and a half away, but it was bad then. And then I still drove another, whatever, whatever that is like 80 miles with the trailer behind it <laughs> what's interesting so, is the truck wasn't worn so badly that it just fell off yeah, yeah i think only because that there was that one needle bearing that was like stuck yeah like, clamped in there somehow i don't even know how that happens <laughs> so that's nuts man yeah it's funny how the u joints work like that like the ones that don't break you're like huh i think i hear a noise and usually it's not your situation usually when you go to take the cap off it just disintegrates into dust and you're like oh <laughs> that's oh. strange yep that's what I mine did knew, i knew i heard something mine looked yep. fine on the outside on the xj and then when i pulled it apart and took all the the tension off of it the cap just fell off and everything just dumped just dust and, and <laughs> bearings fell out and i was like oh, oh, oh you're done I've and, had uh, that before too, but this yeah. is the first time where I've ever seen like a needle bearing eject itself. It wanted out. It was hot it was, and it wanted to get out of there. Yeah, I guess so. But it didn't spin the bearing cap in the um, uh, pinion yoke, which is good. Oh, that's nice. Because then it probably would have needed a new pinion yoke or shims or something uh, to keep it from spinning the next one because it would have just worn that, right. that cap seat out. You know what I'm saying? Um, so yeah, and then I tried playing around with the transfer case in various modes to see if there's like any extra noise. And actually it sounds like what I heard in the parking lot, it sounds like it's coming from the doubler area, which it, I think the doubler has always been just kind of noisy. Like there's just some play. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause it's like, you know, doubler then intermediate shaft and there's a lot of just connections. So I think it's normal. Um, I'm going to do a fluid change on the transfer case on the 205. Cause it does smell like it got hot, like gear oil. 
Um, it still smells terrible, but it smells mm. terrible in a different way. <laughs> in a burnt way. Um, and I actually doing my research because I was like, oh, I forget what seal I put in the front of this thing because I got an MP241 run output on the front of my Ford 205, which if you have a Ford 205, you can do because it's 32 spline, but it needs a different seal. It needs a one and seven eighths seal surface seal. And I found that there is an SKF 18752, which is a double lip seal. So in theory, it should last a little bit longer and Ooh. seal a little bit better. Did you just have that? There's none up. for the rear. No, I pulled up the email. <laughs> I was looking over there. <laughs> nice. I replaced the strangest set of seals on a transfer case the other day. So I'm working on like a 2017 Tacoma manual. There's a leak between the transfer case extension housing and the transfer case. And I've done this on automatics and there's a seal, right? It's just a seal. You pop it off, you post a seal. Maybe there's a seal on the other side. I don't know. Anyway, this particular one, I go and look at the parts catalog and it looks like there are two seals that are identical next to each other. And then there's an O-ring. Like, it doesn't make any sense. I guess order both. Maybe, maybe it takes one or the other and parts guy doesn't know either. It's two seals pressed into the same housing, opposing each other. And one seals one side and one seals the other as you install it. Whoa. Yeah, like you press them like fit, like, you know, like the front side of the seal, one is backwards and one is forwards and they're pressed like touching each other or like a couple weird. millimeters away. It was very weird. I was like, why did it they must, do this? It must be because it does the transmission use gear oil and the transfer case uses ATF or vice versa? Hmm. It's got to be. One uses 7590 and one uses 75. Oh. That's weird. <laughs> yeah, it's very weird. It's it's actually very thin. You would think that 75 weight would be pretty thick, but it comes out like motor oil. Huh. Yeah, it's it's very but It must odd. Be, be to keep them from mixing because there'd be no way it's to tell. It's the only thing I could figure. It was yeah. just very odd. Because I remember when we, I think we were doing something, maybe when we were solid axle swapping snow day, you like pulled the transfer case off and it had like, it was like full of ATF, like full, full, not like, oh, oh yeah, it's like somehow it overfilled it, or maybe we thought the transmission had somehow pushed fluid into the transfer case. That's what we're thinking. Like the transmission output shaft may have like pushed fluid into the transfer case, or maybe that wasn't the case, but like that, that could happen, right? Like I have, like my doubler has ATF in it because it's shared with the transmission. And if the input, the output seal on the doubler and the input seal on the 205 both fail, then the 205 would just fill up with ATF, which would be. Fine for a 205, but <laughs> you know, it's actually it could be kind of beneficial in a way. Like, think about Steve's transfer case, his pump is out. So, what does he do? He just completely fills it with fluid, and then you don't need a pump. Boom, done. It would not work on the highway, <laughs> it'll be fine at any speed forever. Okay, that's that's facts from Steve. Me who knows you need a sound effect here. Jeeps. What does it need to sound like? Uh, I don't know, like warning, danger, danger. <laughs> don't follow Mike's advice. Danger. This says Mike is wrong. <laughs> Infinite back checkers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's wonderful. I already put the new duo joint in, but uh, the reason why I'm talking about seals is because I'm going to swap out the input and out, uh, front and rear output seals on it, fill it with new fluid, and then I'll put it back together. So, right on. Nice. Should have those later this week. Perfect. And then besides your bent spindle, you're ready to wheel. Yep. Fuck How's the tire wear driving to Cali? Fine. Honestly, it seems fine. I'm almost wondering if 
I didn't bend the spindle at Windrock. Like, Do you mean oh. you bent it back? No, no, no. <laughs> no, I bent mean, I mean, like it was maybe bent when I bought the axle, and it's just been like this, and I never noticed. Oh. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, like, did you take a tread depth gauge just to see like your left and right tires, see if like one, well, or would it dog track and just like fix itself? Like, would one tire wear worse than the other? I'm thinking it wouldn't. I think that they would just even out and the rear end of the truck would be like the tiny, tiniest big dog tracky. Yeah, like half a right? degree. Because the total tracking. toe would be what's off. Right, right. Well, I right. guess. Yeah. I Weird. hear what you're saying. I was thinking about the same thing. I'm like, one side is bent forward and in. Like, it just go. You just it just rotates a little bit. Hmm. Um, and we'll I actually about. would answer. I don't know. I I don't know to be honest with. No, it it was definitely bent. Um, at some point when I've owned the truck and probably at Harlan, because I've had those axle shafts out before and I never noticed the gap and the gap is noticeable. It's not mm-hmm. huge, yep. but it's noticeable. You like you unbolt it and it's like dink. You can like see the gap huh. all of a sudden. So, but that anyway, it didn't seem to make a big difference. And honestly, that makes sense because like if you had a degree of toe in, like it's a lot, but like I don't even think it's a degree of toe in. I think it's like point six toe in yeah, and like one degree lot, of camber but... or something like that. Which can one we, degree of camber is not that much. Can we just uh, put a cheater pipe inside the spindle? And then take a winch and hook it to some, a couple of pulleys and a couple of snatch blocks and just pull it back a degree. Done. Probably Is there any way to do that? In, until oh. you pull it back like five degrees. No, you don't do that much. Well, <laughs> I think that's the problem. Oh, stop. <laughs> how, how, far, how far is one degree? Uh, not much. Especially because. Yeah, I, I was looking really at hard it. to measure. You'd also have to have, like the cheater pipe would be smaller diameter than the bent part of the spindle, so it would be weaker. Oh, I wouldn't want to be standing around. Thicker, that's for sure. Thicker wall. Also, that yeah, that's a lot of stored energy. How? Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I could do a calculation on the wall thickness that you'd need to have the same strength at the length because you'd also uh-huh. need a lot longer length. Yeah, and, well, that just sounds like the sketchiest thing ever. Yeah, it's I don't want to do that. I would like put it in there and maybe like weld it to the spindle or something so it couldn't slide. Just put out. a flange. Just put Unless a flange. No, just put a flange on the on the cheater pipe. Weld a flange on the cheater pipe and just bolt it back to the spindle. To the hub. Yeah, yeah, bolt it back to the hub. Good way to destroy your bearings. I feel like <laughs> it's fine. Maybe, I don't know. You didn't destroy yeah, when you bearings bend it one degree. Take the load. Got, wait, are we doing a? <laughs> the truck to a, or we're going to strap the truck to a tree. We're going to get another rig and we're going to start yanking on, or you could just no, back no. up. You could just back up at like two to three miles an hour into the tree. <laughs> oh, and just keep increasing. I, was, increasing I thought your you were going to say back up, get slack on the rope <laughs> and then just done it. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, I mean, almost certainly going to get you one degree. Because I could do, I mean, technically I could do this. I could just pull the axle shaft out with the wheel on it and then stick the t- chick, stick the cheater pipe in, use the other axle shaft to drive the truck forward, and then it's good. Hmm. <laughs> what? Well, you know what you should do? You should try you, to bend the housing to compensate for the bent spindle. Mm. So that it kind of does it's a be, Z. So wait, we think that like it really back and then it bends. I forward. thought the housing would be really hard to do. I thought the housing was bent. The spindle itself is bent. Is yeah. that what we came up uh, with? The area between the spindle and the tube. Oh, as far as I can tell, actually, I think it's 
I can't tell exactly. It's between it's between the spindle and the leaf spring uh, pad perch. How bizarre! How bizarre! Is that all of your is that all of your updates, Derek? Huh? Is that all of your updates? Those are my updates. Mike, have you done anything yeah. off roady since the last time you were on this podcast? Since the last time I was on this podcast, if you exclude the the drunken uh, fireside okay. chat, then uh, yes, I have. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> How are you more wrecked now a day later after a little night of drinking at the wedding? Because you didn't drink that much. No. You now, hold on. I wasn't wrecked destroyed. that night. I was I just lost my voice. I actually felt just fine. I woke up, didn't even have a hangover, drove home. No way. You were so drunk. That night you were. I think it was what I was drinking on Saturday that messed me up two days ago, and that's why I'm still hungover. He he didn't sound that drunk to me on the Patreon. No one said I had seemed that drunk. I I think I just drank the wrong drink. You sounded like a freaking horse, though. Like that. Oh yeah, yeah, that thing just disappeared. (laughs) So anyway, yes, I went wheeling. I went to Caternote. Which is the complete and total number one good time off-road extravaganza. Yay. Also known as core, the complete off-road experience. Yeah. It was how was it? It was some of the best wheeling I've ever done. Now I haven't wheeled for a while, or at least in my own rig, because it's been down for cage work. Um, but man, if it wasn't like just like an incredible group of guys incredible spots to wheel it was very casual which i like not everybody likes that <clears throat> there some people like structure and like schedules and you know some people like breaks <laughs> i just like, like to wheel breaks. a lot so <laughs> i don't like to dilly dally i like to dilly dally though i just want to yeah. like go wheeling. I, don't, I don't care if we i don't care if we wheel two trails or seven i'm just like whatever i'm just here to have fun but that's just me it's fine I'm not, I'm just giving you shit. I love you. You're the best. So anyway, (laughs) uh, yeah, it was, it was great in almost every aspect. Um, like I said, we had perfect weather too. I might've just said that. I don't remember, but, uh, yeah, it was, it was just beautiful two or three days or whatever it was. I guess it was kind of like two full days and like a evening and a morning, but yeah, it was, it was great. Uh, snow day really hadn't changed much, which is good because the last time I wheeled it, I had worked out a lot of the kinks and it just wheeled fine. I just didn't have any issues. And similarly on this trip, it just kind of performed. I don't really have any complaints. There's not really anything. I came home and said, well, I'm going to change this. I was like, nope, just kind of good. How wonderful is that? I mean, when you've been wheeling the same rig for a long time and you're happy with how it wheels. And I I wrote down a couple small things that like were either broken or bent or something, just little, little stupid things and like nothing like serious. Stuff I can fix in like an hour. Like an axle and like, you know. I mean, an axle would be something you could fix in an hour, but it'd be pretty expensive. Well, depending on if you mean a shaft or an axle. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, also, if it was like a bolt-in axle, you could do that in a couple hours. That's true. Like if it was your rear axle. axles. You know what's fucked up? (laughs) What's 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 fucked up is I've been wheeling my same rig longer than you have. My shit's still garbage. Yeah, you're always unhappy with it. I'm just always happy with it. It just always needs a little maintenance all the time. 
Well, maintenance is different. You always want to change everything about it. It's not so much that. It's just there's certain things that need to be changed. Like, I kind of want to keep the I mean, same. They don't, though. I want to keep essentially the same setup. There's just a lot of parts that are just old and, like, dilapidated. Well, you changed out most of those, didn't you? You changed out, like, all the freaking, the whole front suspension, every joint, every bushing. In an ideal world. didn't you replace? In an ideal world, I would change the front links uh, to a uh, straight link setup. Still radius arm, but straight link setup for now. And then go three link later. But that's the reason I haven't done that is because, like, just eventually it's going to get three linked up front. So it's just not worth it changing them. Um, I've changed pretty much everything. It's for the most part, dialed in up front. Um, but now the rear leaf springs are the rear leaf springs are fine, but the where they mount to the body needs uh, some attention. So that's a project we're on now. Well, the problem is you have leaf springs that mount to a body and not a chassis. I think we're fixing that. It'll be fixed. <laughs> that will be fixed uh, before it goes out again. They'll be mounted to a chassis, gonna, a how, chassis. How are you going to fix it? Mount it to the chassis. Oh, what's that, Derek? I was say, how are you going to fix it? He's going to he's going to put more pieces of quarter on it until it becomes a chassis. Ta da! He did. <laughs> I did. You did not go back that far. Stuff into all your bottom of your X J until it's a full frame. It has all of the sheet metals. It has no. It has all of the plate metals all the way from end to end on it. <laughs> um, it's just that uh, the where the spring mounts to is still in fact a sheet metal bucket. Mm. So. That sheet metal bucket is going to get sliced out. We'll talk about that when I get to my to my section. Um, oh, what did you want, think? Oh, yeah, yeah. What did you think of Iowa wheeling? Dude, it was way less flat than I expected. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what east. else to say. Okay, Rich's property was crazy, not flat. I like mm-hmm. the elevation. I don't even know what the elevation was just in his driveway, but uh, I think it was he said, insane. I think he said 400 feet. Jeez. 400 feet. To yeah. go up his driveway and I needed every bit of four low to drag my junk up there up that oh, hill. Yeah. And I didn't have a tote or anything, so that was kind of nice for me. You said you thought <laughs> it was you said I can th- imagine the guys that had two rigs and a freaking camper. You said you thought it was as bad as uh as moonlight. It was as bad as moonlight. Is it? I just don't yeah. I, don't, I didn't tow anything up there, so I didn't know. Like moonlight, I guess, was straight was one straight shot, whereas Rich's driveway is a couple of little ones and then the last stint up to his house is just a it's just straight that's like it's, true i mean i started getting sideways going up it i was, it was a little sketchy up the like up, all up four the last wheels part? like kind of pulling me to the side yeah what'd you say up the last part yeah up that yeah. last part did anybody did you see his wife come home did you see um rich's wife come home in her jeep Mm-mm. no so we were out in the pasture when she came home uh one of the days and she was ripping. I bet she was running 15, 20 mile an hour up that thing. Um, because that's the, how they do that in the winter. No because idea. that's the goal. Like that's the ticket. The ticket is momentum. The, the momentum. Will yeah, carry I know. You. But if it was slick, I would not want to be going fast up that hill. He said that he said it's not too bad. He usually just keeps it plowed and it's pretty decent. I guess. Mm. I think the key. I guess there, he does have track skid steer. Yeah. So he'll probably be all right. The key there is to get the snow off before you turn into a pack, like to, before you pack it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, but yeah, I'm sure there are days where uh, I, I'm pretty sure he said that he's been stuck in the driveway before and like had to walk to the house. I'm pretty sure he said something crazy. about that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's deep, man. I can't. Yeah. I, I also it. cannot imagine it in the wintertime. 
Um, but and so there were steep climbs on his property too. Extra. Oh yes, many of those. <laughs> like steeper than moonlight. Mm. I mean, at least same, as roughly. steep. Yeah, at least there as were, steep. Well, you know what? We didn't wow. even see the steep part. Um, I guess the, the, the North part. Ravine was the steep part. Which I don't want to go there. And, and the no, thing is, is like, <laughs> the thing is, is like, it was, it was steep, but it wasn't even that big a deal. Um, but when it was the off camber in the loose dirt in that one hill where Brendan lost his brakes, that was the one that like, it gave us all the spooks. That's what it was. Like, cause honestly, yeah, it wasn't that bad. The breaks down the hill was definitely uh, spooky. Mm-hmm. That gave us all the spooks. That's the, that, that was the problem. Really? That wasn't even that big a deal. So it was just, it, I don't know. Situational, I guess. Seeing, Tre- yeah. uh, seeing Trevor against the tree first. You're like, Oh dang, he slid sideways. How'd that happen? And then seeing Brandon lose your brakes. Like, all right, let's not go down that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, but just going down in general, I mean, you know, yeah. going up is fun. Going down is what dangerous is El Braille yeah. says. I don't think yeah. you're in any truck. Any, yeah, any, uh, I don't think you're in any danger of like rolling end over end kind of steep, but more like it was just off camber and loose. I don't know, man. Run away, running and down. That's even worse. Running, yeah. running. Yeah. Like losing the ability to go slow. Yeah. Anything can happen. Right. Like when, right. when Bray was sliding down that, that, that steep hill in the snow at the Badlands at one mm-hmm. time, I was like, Oh no. Like a, he can't steer. Like I see the wheels. You can't, turned. Steer. It's not you can't stop. Like you don't have any option on ice. You can't You're stop at the mercy of the trail. He had a tree. And like in that particular one, like, I don't know if the tree saved him or not, but like that, it was a built up, like starts up at the top as like a cutout of the, the drop off. And then it, it gets built out into like a ramp. And if you slide off the edge and like somehow hook a tire on something hard traction while the vehicle is sideways, you could like Spin slip the sideways. vehicle sideways yeah. and then go end over end or side over side, side yeah. I guess. You could definitely go into a side um, roll. Which just sounds like maybe what happened pretty much when you're uh, going fast, like you just don't have any control. So right. anyway. Yep, that's, that's why down is scary and dangerous. Not fun, <laughs> not fun at all. Anyway, uh, also why I need a cage in my junk. So or at least, a oh yeah, bar. I guess I'll finish with that oh, since yeah. we were talking about snow day. Um, Bray got real close to having the back half done, like the part that's going to be on the flatbed, but he ran out of welding gas. I think like the day before, oh, and so geez, he just man. pulled the whole structure off and set it aside. And he, you know, finished welding the plates, and he was like, "All right, well, here's your rig. Just bring it back when you're done." <laughs> I'm going to tell, tell you right it's now. It's like a three hour drive to his house and a three hour drive up there. So I just stopped on my way home and dropped it back off. When, nice. uh, when we were looking at what the little bit of, of work that is on the bed, like the plates and stuff that are on there, like it's super nice. Everything's TIG welded. It's like, it is it's not pretty. It is it not, is not TIG welded though. It huh? is just extremely, extremely beautiful MIG welding. I asked him, he's like, no, I make this. And every, every, I was like, everyone couldn't even believe your welds. He's like, well, it's MIGs. <laughs> wow. That's awesome. That's some pretty ass Ray MIGs. Is a very talented welder. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. A lot of time behind the torch. That's that is I'm wild. excited for this cage. He's doing a lot of really trick things to make it fit. So, mm-hmm. so <laughs> So Mike, you've said this before when we've gone wheeling, um, and I assume this is true here, but like you also appreciate like a lot of the beauty, like when you're wheeling, 
How was that? Absolutely. I feel like it's something that a lot of people don't even stop to recognize when you're at wheel and you just kind of are focused on the trail and not what's around you. And yeah, it was really beautiful there. It's hard it's not awesome. to on top so of it's everything in, else. It's in the Mississippi River Valley, right? Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Thereabouts. Yeah. That's where, Man, that's where the, all of the elevation changes come from. Like you cross over on the west side of the Mississippi and it's just beautiful. Stupid. And like there's mm-hmm. like Mississippi Palisades up in northwestern Illinois is like bluffs and all kinds of beautiful stuff, which I think is 45 minutes north of Dubuque. I always really? forget. I don't but, th- It can't be. Yeah, it, that whole. Anything in Illinois can't be north of Dubuque. Oh, is it in the top left corner of the state? Yeah, Dubuque is right in line with uh, the state line. Oh. Yeah, it's way up there. It's up there. But yeah, it's anything. Yeah. So then they're in the Palisades area. (laughs) They're in that area. I think that's what it is. Um, Mississippi Mountains, that's what they are. Mississippi River Mountains. I don't know. Anyway, they're, they're pretty cool. It's definitely oh, I, wild. <clears throat> Adam Switch, Mississippi Palisades is like 45 minutes south of Dubuque. Ah, see. Gotcha. But anyway, yeah, that's awesome. Is that... It was good. I was say, is that by Savannah? The Savannah area? Yep. Mount Carroll? Mm-hmm. I gotcha. Yep. That's pretty cool. It definitely looks hilly over there a lot. Like, you can see it on a map. Like, just see it on the on the maps you're like oh that's awesome oh oh <laughs> oh <laughs> look there's elevation change wow Ooh, uh. Ooh, you don't get that uh. illinois most illinois is just flat pretty much flat it's very boring boring look farmland mm-hmm. um so anyway more okay is there anything uh that stood out to you about uh, that event? Anything that stood out about that know. event? It's like, it's like anything that uh, stood out. You. What was your favorite part of the Cater Note event in Wheeling that weekend? Wheeling in general that weekend? Uh, honestly, the people you was like my it? favorite part. Not even the Wheeling. And I say that probably partially because I just like all those people. Um, but also, as a new dad, I don't really get a whole lot of time to like get away and enjoy myself for a couple of days. And so just getting to like chill and laugh and drink with like people I consider friends was kind of wonderful <laughs> without feeling any responsibility. So yeah, oh. just the camaraderie and uh, hanging out and having a good time. That was uh, probably my favorite part. It was definitely good. It's awesome. Getting back to camp at the end of the day and just getting dinner, chilling and you're like, okay, we're done for the day. All right. Now we're going to chillax yeah. by the fire, have some drinks, and then go to bed and do it again tomorrow. I but could honestly, do- even the way the properties were set up, we weren't necessarily always like on a trail. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like, you know, 15 rigs in a row. It was more or less, let's all go to this area and do stuff. So even just when you could just, you know, hang out and do stuff. Right. You, I, you know, you didn't feel like obligated to like sit in your rig or like, what's taking so long? Who's the trail plug? Like, it wasn't like mm-hmm. that. So that was that only helped. the, that was only the first hour of the first day. That was just that one time. <laughs> Who's the trail plug? Yeah. When oh, you have Chris. a rig that you finish the night before that stuff kind of happens. <laughs> yeah. And he got it fixed and we wheeled and it's been wheeling ever since. So like one small yep. hiccup is pretty good on a fresh build. Absolutely. Fresh, yeah. fresh. The freshest. 
We got to poke it. Not even paint on it yet. So fresh. (laughs) Fresh he is. (laughs) I don't think it's going to get paint. (laughs) Probably not. On most of it. It it hurt. It hurt watching it get the sides get crushed in on some of those early obstacles. I was like, oh, Oh, yeah, for sure. And then like after a little bit, I was like, you know, it's just part of it. It's going to get crushed. It's going to be a raisin, but it's going to be, you know, it's an old, it's going to be an old burnt raisin. It'll be fine. It's going to be a cool raisin. That's for sure. It's yeah. It's going to be a California raisin. Unique. <laughs> it's going to be a California raisin. <laughs> sunglasses and everything. <laughs> right. The sunglasses. Exactly. <laughs> Say stuff like cool daddy. <laughs> I can't wait to meet that guy. Now that I live in California. Oh yeah. It's fantastic. Oh man. Oh. That's uh yeah. It was just, it was just a great weekend wheeling all in all. Really. I probably wouldn't change the thing. Even yeah. if I had critiques, I probably still wouldn't change the thing. The weather was wonderful. You can't beat sixties or maybe like high sixties in the day and like forties at night. Perfect yeah. camping weather, perfect wheeling weather. Didn't need AC, didn't need heat. It was just like nice. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. It was nice. Mike stayed it was dry the whole time too, which is so amazing. Mm-hmm. Makes wheeling easier when things are gri- are grippy, not muddy. Mm-hmm. Sounded like it wasn't sure. that grippy, huh? Sounded I like mean, it wasn't uh, that grippy. Most of it was well. Like it, it sounded it was, like it was it was loose, right? Yeah, but when it gets a little bit of rain on it, it just turns into like slick. Oh on yeah, it. it's terrible. Yeah. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Terrible. It was like, it was like when we went to moonlight, like it was like, we couldn't get up shit Mm -hmm. when it was damp and then it dried out later and we're like, Oh, this is much better. Moonlight dries out so fast. It's like shocking. It's like, it's been an hour. Let's go wheel. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. We had the same thing. Shirt. 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 I think that's what we, did. we all decided it's it was. It's not dirt. It's shirt. <laughs> <laughs> what does your shirt say? <laughs> what does your shirt say? <laughs> oh, boy. oh boy. This is one of those podcasts. Indeed. You better tell us what's going on with your rigs. I'm not going to last much longer. You guys are going to have to oh. Patreon without me. Okay. Um, <laughs> mine's, Sorry. Mine's decent. Uh, I ugga dugga the uh, Pittman arm on with a three quarter inch impact. Um, and so I didn't ugga dugga it real hard because I didn't want to rip the splines or rip the threads off it. Break the sector shaft. Yeah. All of the, a good idea. I just snugged it and I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to get back to that. Well, I didn't get back to it. I was like, yeah, that looks tight. Um, so it needs a proper torquing because when you, you can't turn the nut or anything by your, on your own. So it's probably 60 foot pounds or something silly. It's not like it's hand tight. Um, but when you move the wheel back and forth, you can see the, the pivot arm rocking ever so slightly, maybe, mm. I don't know, 10, 15,000ths of an inch. You can see it rock on the sector shaft um, or on the. So when you just torque it to spec, bro. Well, that's what the plan is. Yeah, I'm going to do that. Um, so I got to do that. That's you one thing. Torque spec is. <laughs> Ugga dugga. I bet it's a lot. I bet it's, like it's a lot. Something. What is it? I think it's I got, more than that. I got a 600 pound foot wrench. I got a 600 foot pound torque wrench. I think oh, that would cover go. it. You looking up a stock XJ? No. Look up any Saginaw box. Is that not what an XJ had in it? That one's, yeah, and it's the same box as a Derenko, but they're all the same. It's all the same shit. All the same size nut. I'm going to guess it's the same as what's in a Chevy pickup. Uh, I'm going to guess it's 220 foot pounds or so in that ballpark, 220, 250. 250 it looks like. Is it 250? Damn. 
Hold on. I'm, I'm just say, guessing off the nut size. This way. Because Saginaw boxes came on like freaking everything. Mm-hmm. Jeep actually works but 185. Oh, that's pretty light. But it's heavier than what I did for sure. I'll yeah. give you mm-hmm. an update when I grab a, a wrench, a, a socket, and a torque wrench. So 185, I can't do that with my little torque wrench. But I can with that big torque wrench easily. It's a four and a half foot tall torque wrench. It'll do it. It gives no Just fucks. Don't. There's no rip out your tie rods or hinds or whatever it is. No, nah, it shouldn't be an issue at 185. It won't be nothing. Um, no, it should be fine. So uh, I'll give you guys an update. Maybe I'll do it between the main and the Patreon. I'll, I'll go torque it real fast. It won't take me but two minutes to do it. And then <laughs> it'll be good to go. In Steve time, that's 17 minutes. Whoa. Yeah, you should do that after the Patreon. Well, fuck you. Then. <laughs> Maybe I'll update you guys next week then, fuckers. Um, all right, so my Jeep... We went wheeling two weekends in a row. So we went to Iowa and then you guys heard that we went to Badlands and it was a good time. Uh, everything on it works pretty good. Um, had some cracking and popping in the front end when I was trying to get up that stupid waterfall thing down by the creek that we don't really have a name for. Somebody has a name for it, but I don't know what it is. Um, Joe told it to me one time. There's an actual name name. But I, for- I always forget. Who told yeah. you? Slab. Slab. Sure. Anyway. We, who? Kyle? Isn't Kyle the name of the guy that owns it? I mean, yeah, Kyle is the it. owner of the park, Kyle. Yeah. I'm gonna is talk that to, who said that? I'm going to talk to Parker. Joe is what I said. Joe Zump. Joe Zump. I think he's the mm-hmm. one who told me. But that's just his opinion. Joe don't know. You don't know? I'm going to talk to Parker about getting exactly. some signage. Like, I think we need it. Like, get some signs made. It ain't going to take that much. Um, right. It would be so nice to have a universal thing like, hey, what obstacle were you on? And then four people say a different name for the same one. And you're like, well, okay, I guess we'll never know. <laughs> we'll never exactly. know what you got denied on or de- or made it up. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, for the I... longest time we were calling Axle Breaker V-Notch. And mm-hmm. V-Notch, we didn't have a name for it because we couldn't do it. <laughs> <for a little laughs> so a bunch of people are still struggling on that. And uh, I had Wayne that was out there wheeling with us last time. He was, he tried to get up it, couldn't get up it because he hit it straight. He tried to go straight on and you can't go straight on anymore mm-hmm. because there's a giant rock in the middle and it's so rutted out on either side that you either, you either can't get up the undercut or you high center your pumpkin on the giant rock. And like, so you just can't get it. So if you go off to one side far enough to get up on the rock, then as soon as you try to get up on it, you slide off the rock and then you're back in the hole again. And so like the way to get up there is to come in it at a far, at a hard angle from the right and going left up it at an angle real tight. And then you kind of, as you get up on it, it'll kind of shimmy you back straight. It'll pull your tires over to the left and you'll straighten up with the obstacle. But at that point you're above the, or you're ahead of the undercut. So, yeah. um, it makes sense. And it works really well. I've is seen axle of, breaker. Is that the one that's by the building? Yeah. Axle breaker is the one by the, the old barn. It needs to okay, have, somebody sure. needs to go back in there with a excavator and kind of give it a little scratching. So it's not, break. Yeah. the only axles it's breaking now are stock Jeep, maybe axles. Maybe. Yeah. It's, it's not, not that hard anymore. It's not, what it's it not used because to be. their vehicles have gotten more capable. Like it filled I've, in. I don't spin a tire on it anymore. Mm-hmm. It used to like, and it, it used to destroy rockers and just like swallow up forties. It was, mm-hmm. it was gnarly before it filled back in. 
I feel like the reason that my driver doors folded backwards is because of that obstacle. Is that it, right it, it that is. Yeah, like no, it. that's right. I was there when that happened. You're like, it's fine. And I was like, I don't know if it's fine. Mike. I mean, it's, it's it was still fine. closes. <laughs> yeah, it was fine, but it got, it, it was pretty close to not being able to close. Like if you, had you guys, messed it up any worse. Oh man. Yeah. Did you guys hear that? Really, time, did you guys hear that? I wasn't thinking, I wasn't using my brain right. Um, in the Creek on the way out at the end of the day. And we're just kind of cruising along and I, uh, I just pulled up over that giant rock and just dropped the door right on it. Dude, it literally oh, tried, oh. it literally tried to rip the door off the Jeep. Jesus, man. Why don't <laughs> it, you make some damn rockers already? <laughs> right. Or some damn rock sliders. Dude, you know I, I think mean? if I'd have had sliders on that thing at that point, dude, I think I'd have had to go to the dentist. It would have been so <laughs> bad. <laughs> it would have been so Broke bad. It would have blown out both headlights, <laughs> taking all the dash lights out. It was a hard, <laughs> it was a hard hit on the door and the door took it up. Um, I think, I honestly think that some of the hit was on the, in fact, I should go look, but I think it hit the, uh, the stiffeners as well. Cause it was so hard. Um, so is your, I, I think I, it's fictitious. Ran out fictish. of data or something. Oh, oh I ran out of data, but like I downloaded that one, but it didn't download fully. I tried to listen to it on the plane back yesterday. Well, that's weird. So it's doors messed up or no? Uh, so the door's got a little bit of ripple at the bottom. Nothing serious. Actually, really doesn't look that bad considering that it lifted the door off the hinges and then it bent the bolt that I have welded in for a hinge pin. It bent that bolt outward a bit. And also when it door set back down, it only set back down in the bottom hinge. And so that was that's why there was this giant gap you know, that Joel so was talking like about. Yeah, the door, oh I, I opened the door to see what happened. I was like, oh, God. I was like, how bad was that? And I went to open the door, and the door about fell off into the creek. I was like, ah. You're like, that's <laughs> really bad. <laughs> yeah. So I shut, the, I shut the door, and we're just sitting there just laughing about it. Um, And so it's pretty muffed. Uh, But it's really not that bad. We put it back on in the parking lot when we got there. Um, I put it back on properly, got the bolt put in the top hinge, but it wasn't quite settled. And then Joel came over. I was like, here, just pick up on the edge of that door a little bit and straighten this out. And so. He did that. It actually hit the regulator in that door. You can't roll the window down the last like two inches because the regulator is just trash and it's just stripped out right there. And I always have it rolled down right to the edge of where you can roll it down. It hit so hard that it shook it below that. So I couldn't get the window back up. Oh my God. I'd have Joel come over and pull up on the window while I cranked it. And then it went up. And uh, so anyway, yeah, it, uh, it's not really in bad shape. In fact, we bent the bolt back pretty easy with just by picking up on the back, the edge of the door and it straightened it out. And so I think it's okay. It did bend the actual ear on the, on the hinge, but it's nothing serious just because they're old beat to fuck doors and hinges. So, uh, it's fine Damn. for now. Uh, as far as everything else goes, I still intense. need to, what's that? What's that Mike? I just said that's intense. That's all. Yeah. It's, it's a hard hit. <laughs> The uh, the rear bushings on the shackles are trashed, um, so I need to take the rear shackles apart. I'm basically what I'm going to end up doing is when I get a free morning or evening or whatever, I'm going to spin the Jeep around backwards, back it into the into the garage here, jack it up on jack stands, and um, and rip basically. Probably gonna take the wheels off and just drop the axle all the way to the floor, and then unbolt the leaf springs at the rear, and then just start cutting shit out is the plan and then once it's completely gutted and there's nothing left in there then i'll start welding in new stuff 
So, um, that's that sounds like a good plan. Yeah. Wasn't yeah. shit kind of falling apart at, uh, at cater note, like one <laughs> yeah. of your rear shackles is doing something it, not good, like cutting through the body or something. It pulled the nut through the nut pocket. Oh yeah. That's good. Ooh, so that's there's a, good. There's a pocket that the weld nut goes in for the rear shackle and, uh, it pulled that clean. It pulled the pocket clean out and luckily there's enough bolt thread going through to the inside that it's just kind of chilling there. It's fine-ish. It's okay-ish. <laughs> Um, it'll be fine guy. It'll be fine. I, somebody saw that and I was like, Oh, that's what I've been hearing in the back. I was like, I've been wondering what that noise was like, cause you can kind of hear a little rattle. Like, I don't know what that is. Yeah. I'll figure it out later. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of noises that happen on off-road rigs that you just get used to. Yeah. But that one sounds like one that you shouldn't just get used to. You should fix that. And you're going f- to, I got to figure out what do you guys think? So because I flipped my release around backwards, the bushings in the rear now are wider than they were originally. Um, so the shackle that I bought from John Prey with that kit from uh, Ironman Off-Road, um, I, the shackle's not wide enough to go over the bushing, but it is mm-hmm. wide enough to go over the spring by maybe a quarter inch total. So the option is mm-hmm. to shave down the bushing and the uh, center pin bushing, just shave all that stuff down and then make them fit mm-hmm. or to rehash the shackle, basically build a new base for the shackle that goes over it. What do you think? Trim the bushing or widen the shackle? I don't like the idea of trimming bushings just because I don't think that you're going to get it quite right. Uh, it's not going to be even. And the other thing is that the bushing material will be so thin that it's probably more likely to get like pushed through or torn or torn. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, if you need to replace a bushing, it's not as simple as getting one. You'd have to modify it. Oh, that's for sure. I don't think I'm going to. I like anything where it's an easy fix. Like, I don't like to, like, create something so custom that, like, so I'll wear part like a bushing. It's like, oh, it has to be a custom bushing. Mm-hmm. It would be annoying on trail. Mm-hmm. That means I got to I have custom bushings in my leaf springs, but. Do you? <laughs> mine are just, I just drilled out, though. The, oh. It was a little easier to do that. Which not easy to drill polyurethane for the record because it just grabs and it wants uh-huh. to spin. So you have to like step up a tiny bit every time until you get to the size you want. Hmm. Um, but I probably wouldn't shave down the bushings for what Mike said. Like you're only going to have an eighth of an inch of material between the leaf spring and the okay. shackle, which will probably just tear after a few trips. Um, right so I'd probably rework the shackle if you could. Yeah, I'm sure we'll I find can. another one. Mm. I mean, you need to buy shackles. I mean, they're uh, terribly expensive. I don't anymore. know that anybody sells a shackle that's that width. Maybe somebody in here knows has looked it up and found them. But really... It's the width of a Jeep leaf spring. Uh, but it's the wrong end of the leaf spring. That leaf spring is not supposed to be shackled on that end. The bushings are, wait, the bushings oh, are different. So the eye is wider on the front of yeah, the, the XJ leaf spring than the rear? Oh, weird. The eye is not wider. The bushing's bigger. So you have on the rear of the of the rear eye, the eye on the rear of the leaf spring, the bushing is pretty thin on either side, whereas in the front, it's like a three-inch bushing. It's a giant three-inch bushing with like really thick on either side. Well, then it's maybe it'd be okay. You might be able to find an off-the-shelf bushing that has... Like that, I think typically it's like a quarter, you know, like it looks like a top hat kind of Mm -hmm. in the the lip of the top hat or the brim. Yeah. Quarter. So you might be able to find that off the shelf somewhere. Mm. There's like, if you go on energy or prothane's website, they have like a 
not great catalog in my opinion, right. but they have catalogs that you can search through. Um, and right. then, so is the eye diameter different than the front and rear so that you can't just swap bushings? Yeah. Factory it's way bushings? different. Way different. Okay. Yeah. Like inch and there's also, something. there's also like, if you go on like, um, like SD's truck springs or like one of the aftermarket spring companies, they usually have a, um, a catalog of rubber bushings, which might fit too. Mm. And I, I prefer rubber when I can do it because they usually last longer and they don't, you don't have to grease them or anything. That's for sure. Um, so yeah, so it's a factory. It's all, it was, it was all set for factory rubber bushings, but the factory rubber mm-hmm. bushings that, um, that, uh, Rusty's was using was absolute trash. And so they lasted like all of six months. Mm, um, got it. Yep. And so then we swapped on for polyurethane. So if you look up, if you just search, uh, Jeep XJ lease ring, it'll come up with a bunch of pictures and you can see how much bigger the front eye is than the rear eye. The rear eye is inch and a half front eye is three inches. It's huge. Jesus. Yeah. Like little and big, huge. Like I had to put spacers in the front, in the front mount because it was too narrow or it was too wide. The front mount was too wide for the, for the bushing. It's weird. It's very interesting Mm. setup. It's weird that it's both like, it's like bigger in every dimension. Like it's wider and it's yep. taller and longer. Like yep. just every single thing about it is bigger. Yep. It's so strange. I did bigger. that on the, uh, the reason why I have custom modified, uh, bushings on the front of my leaf springs, because GM did that on the 99 and up trucks. The front eye was much bigger and used a bigger bolt. Mm. And so I wanted to maintain the bigger bolt because obviously if you have a smaller bolt with a big hole, there, still like, your your little sleeve of your bushing is gonna just go through, um, yep. and so I ended up having because my leaf springs that are on my truck are from a ninety eighty eight to ninety eight truck, and so they have the same spring eye size front and rear. But I had to like take a s- pretty small, relatively small bushing and drill it out for the bigger sleeve. Um, but yeah, that's Ooh, this is a big difference. Bushings. Boo. Yep. <laughs> What'd you say? Sorry. I said boo custom bushings. Boo custom bushing. It's it is what it is. And Derek gave me a set of leaf springs off of, I assume, like what, like a 2500 or something, new body style? Uh, What are the springs you gave me, Derek? uh, I know that one of them's got a 16 millimeter bolt hole. Then, yeah, it would have been a GMT 899 plus. Were those under your truck? I don't know. Hmm. When did Mm -hmm. I give them to you when I moved to Chicago or? Uh, I know it was like maybe last year, the year before. Oh. Um, They've just been sitting around. I brought them with me. I was thinking about using them. I'm probably going to need to pull some leaves out, though, if they're under your heavy-ass truck. Well, they probably... Yeah, they were the ones that were under my truck. Definitely. Yeah, because I have Alcans in it now. Yeah. Mm. Kyle Crowley, who lives close to me somewhat, so I need to go meet him. You should. I should. Did he show you the springs, then? Yeah, he did. Ooh. I got a lot of people to meet. I got to meet the Wheeling Wine and Whiskey guys. I got to meet Jimmy and Tyler and... Oh my God. So many people to meet. Jealous. And so little time to do it. So jealous. Possibly. <laughs> so jealous. Not really. <laughs> yeah. There's not a lot of free time um, yeah. right now, but we're right. still getting settled. So we'll see. Yeah. Once you get that figured out, you'll be fine. You get a couple weekends off. You're like, all right, let's go to Rubicon. Yep. Yeah. yeah it's going to like, there's another, I got another wedding in Texas in a couple, three weeks. And then 
Thanksgiving we're going home for, Christmas we're going home for. So like there's just gonna be a lot of fucking travel the rest of this year. And so and then Rubicon will be covered in snow, which is cool. Like I want to do some snow wheeling, but maybe not on the Rubicon first. I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um but then yeah, next summer for sure, or late spring, whenever. Definitely doing a Rubicon trip. Like it, I like it a lot. I'd love to I would love to go to that. I have to figure out a few things before we can make it out that way. But my uncle's been begging me to get out there. Um trying everything in his book of tricks to get me to come out there. He's like, oh well, we'll get uh, this for Jess and Owen and they can go do that while we go do this. And like we can put them up in Lake mm-hmm. Tahoe Tahoe and you and I can go, go hit four dice. And I'm like, yes, this all sounds good. <laughs> sounds good. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, I think it's just at this point, it's just a matter of tow rig still. Do I really trust the OBS to get me to Cali? I don't know. I mean, it tows. It needs a couple. Sure. It needs a couple little things. But honestly, I mean, when you set the cruise control in like 70, 72, it tows great right now with those with those stock tires. With small tires Four, on it. Four lady E. Yeah. Semi float, 14 bolt. Like, what's What could go? Well, what could go wrong? Like, the thing is, it, it is, it's built to tow that load just fine. Like, it's not that yeah. big a deal. Um. I think it's just a matter of like just whatever odd rare, you know, odd wear item that fails because whatever, because old, you know what I mean? Because old. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Because older. Um, they don't call okay. them old body styles for nothing. We're going to talk. We're going to talk about that real quick. But before I forget, uh, we talk about that on the Patreon. New people. Eric Stevens is a new patron. He joined the Patreon. Welcome, Welcome. Eric. Alex Grunder also joined the Patreon. Welcome. Hey. Um, hey. And, <laughs> and then uh, Steve Mason, I just found out, uh, came back. So he was a patron and he had to bounce for a little bit while he was doing shuffling around, moving things. And then um, now he's back to a job where he's driving quite a bit and needs more content. So he jumped back in as well. So welcome back, Stephen. Welcome back. And uh, to your horn for me. I appreciate you patrons. I do. I really do. <laughs> I got it. It was just funny. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm eating because I need to go to sleep. I'm sad. I'm going to miss the Patreon, but I got it. It's fine. It's no big deal. I'm sad. You'll be, it'll be another night. The problem is, is that Derek moved fucking 18 hours away and, Mm -hmm. uh, like 18 hours in advance. It's like seven in the morning over there. He's right right out of China. Apparently. (laughs) Yeah. He's in China. May as well be. Yep. It's uh, and then Mike's in the Eastern time zone now, so it's even later for him. I know we're in three different time zones doing yep. stupid right now. For me, it's ten fifteen. That means it's half an hour past my bedtime. Quick, let's yep. call somebody that's in Mountain Time. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Cover the gamut. There will be people. We know. We know plenty. There are people there. Uh huh. Yep. So, well, yeah, Mike, you want to bounce out? You can. We'll wrap this thing up here in just a minute. Yeah, I think I'm you gonna know. go ahead and bounce. It's yeah. been fun, guys. Hopefully, I can be on sometime when it's. When I have more energy, let's just say that for sure. Well, I'm glad All you right. came on, got to come on and, uh, and talk about stuff. So no, is my too. it's, it's fun being on the podcast. It's just kind of hard to do. When, yeah. It's uh, all messed up. It's so convenient for you to do it with Joel, which I totally understand. That's the biggest thing. It's convenient because we can do it during work hours and I don't have to miss out on family time at home. That's the mm-hmm. like, I mean, like I say, I, I don't blame you. Yeah. It's just kind of sucks for us. It does. I shed a little tear every Stop. time I hear Stop you and Joel. Fun. I'm like, that used to be me. Stop yeah. fucking moving away. <laughs> yep. I know. Yeah. It's my fault. I still yeah. shed a tear. <laughs> it's fine. I mean, hey, honestly, I 
Derek is a little later, but like you're home before I get off work. So, <laughs> you know, we could, True. could start a little earlier, but we'll yeah, figure it out. We, we'll, we might we'll, go back to the, like we switch off type. Right. Schedule. Yeah. Yeah. That could and work too. Mike and I are getting settled too. That could work too. We could do, True. do stuff. But yeah. As we get things settled in and stuff like that, like it, when we come up short on time, with scheduling stuff. That's when I'm like, Joel, let's record a podcast. He's like, okay. Mm-hmm. So he's like, you're yep. paying my paycheck. I don't care. Let's go do something. So he's, <laughs> he's happy to come in here and talk about Jeeps. Man, and he gets road. paid more than Mike and I do then for recording the podcast. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, that's some bullshit. <laughs> he gets paid his hourly rate times how <laughs> long the podcast is. So Joel just tells Steve to talk longer. He feels bad <laughs> yeah, about it. He Steve, tries to clock out. Talk about this? Yeah. He tries to clock out this? sometimes. Like, oh, let me just clock out. I don't want to waste your time. I'm like, no, no, no. It's fine. Come on. Let's go. You're like, <laughs> you got to make a paycheck. Like, it's not your fault that I want you to come uh, do a podcast he with me. He agrees with you more because of that. Yeah, that's what it is. Steve never <laughs> once asked me to punch in for the podcast. You can believe that? I did not. I never asked you to clock in. <laughs> not for the podcast. once that's ever. Bullshit. Terrible. If we made, if the podcast was a little more lucrative, I would definitely have done that. Like, yeah, just clock in. Just start sending you guys checks. It's fine. Steve says as he blows his nose on a hundred, <laughs> his tears away with, with a million dollar bill. I wish, I wish <laughs> I was making money like that. Mister Patreon's face on the bill. <laughs> Abraham Patreon. I, Abraham I don't Patreon. think so. <laughs> oh man! Yeah, yep. right, get out of here, Mike. Get. Bye. Miss you. Love you. Okay. Bye. Um. I uh, went looking in the backyard last night uh, because mm-hmm. I have a bunch of Jeep parts behind the shed. And so I went out there to, cause I was like, man, I need the window regulator. And that thing's fucked. The window regulator in the passenger side's fucked. The rear windows are pretty hard to roll down, which I could probably clean them and make them fine, but they're getting kind of rough. Um, and a few mm-hmm. of the things are just sun baked on that Jeep. It just, it just, it needs some love. Uh, so I went in the backyard to see what I had for doors. And I found that I have seven Sapphire doors. I believe is what the number, the count is seven, 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 Steve. That's too many. Six, six. Sapphire I took blue. a note. How many did I have here? Sapphire blue. Sapphire blue. Lamborghini. Three bitches in the back of the truck. Lamborghini. Colorado. Lamborghini. Deer in it. Uh, <laughs> that's exactly right. Where's that uh, note at? I took a note. So, where the fuck did I go? oh, there's Jeep doors and parts. Okay. So I have, uh, for power doors. So I have four black doors that are powers. I have fronts and, and, uh, and a dry. Oh, I have three because Matt cut one up. So I have three, uh, 84 to 96 power doors. And then I have a full set of manuals plus a passenger front and a passenger rear, but the passenger rear doesn't have a regulator. Uh, so, and then I have a hood and I have a hatch, everything sapphire blue, except for the black hmm. doors, except for the power doors, power doors are black, but, okay. But, can, can uh, you transfer, are the, are the doors different or is it just what's on the inside? No, everything's, everything's the same. Like, yeah. I'm going okay, I'm to, so I'm going to swap, swap the whole door. Over. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah I'm going to swap the entire door over. I'm not going to mess around with it. Um, so that's the plan is to get those doors out of the backyard, get them cleaned up see how bad they really are. Cause I got like shit on them from being outside. Um, get them cleaned mm-hmm. up, see what condition they're really in. And, uh, and then I'm going to, um, work on getting them swapped onto my Jeep. So then my Jeep's going to be mostly Sapphire blue. I'll have a Sapphire hatch and four Sapphire doors. 
If I really wanted to be froggy, I could put a sapphire hood on it, but there's really nothing wrong with my hood. So I probably won't do that. I also have one sapphire fender, but it's for the older body. So uh, I can't use it. I was going to ask, like, as soon as you get sapphire <laughs> fenders, that look pretty good. You're there. You're almost there. And, uh, and grill. And then you just, I have, you just got a two-tone. I have some things in mind, but I'm not going to divulge. I'm pretty sure I told you over the weekend what I have I in mind. I don't think you did. Pretty sure I did. Maybe you were too drunk to drink, but. I'm, I might, I'm too, too drunk to drink. <laughs> <laughs> I, but, uh, I also, so I showed, I also I showed you what I wanted what, to do too. Three it. hours of sleep, maybe. Mm. So it wasn't I just sh- the drunkenness. It was I the showed tiredness. You, I showed you what my plans were. You said they were ugly. And then I showed Shane and he was like, do <laughs> oh, it. Oh, yes, you did. But that's <laughs> okay. That. I have, it's okay. Wonderful. Yeah, I get it. Didn't so, think it was related, but. Oh, get it. oh no, it's no. totally related. Get new doors on it before you go doing things that require it to match. Um, mm. Oh, I misunderstood. Oh. Okay. So anyway, uh, understand. my question to you is, should I paint the rock rings to match? Or do I leave the rock rings polished? Do I do the windows and accents on the wheels? Hmm. Or do I just leave it alone? I, the wheels are polished. The rock rings are polished Rashed. or red? They're polished. On the 40s, they're polished. Hmm. I think it would look good with painted to match rock rings. Plus, you can always revert. Easily. Yeah, fairly easy. Yeah. yeah. You just have Not, to repolish them, basically. <laughs> yeah, which is sand them back off and polish them. Not too I, would, I would leave the wheels polished i think they look oh, really yeah. good so yeah i'm not gonna i don't think i'm gonna paint the wheels although i will say you said after, something about the windows the windows of the wheels or oh yeah like the openings the d's yeah in my yeah, own i think you should leave them polished oh they're not polished the windows aren't polished the windows are matte uh cast okay okay yeah but either way i think a lot it of looks people, good the way it a lot is of people like, change a wheel a lot of people paint the the monsters they'll paint the inner pieces like to match and it looks cool on some uh, of them for sure, but uh, it might be blue. It'd be loud. Oh, sure. Yeah. I would, the rock range, though, blue. would be really clean. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think the rock, I, I think the rock rings would probably make it pop pretty good. I think. I like yeah, what DJ did. It. I like what DJ did with his uh, rock rings on the Dakota. The pink ones. Yeah. Because he, so he painted them pink initially. And he was like, oh, God, that's too much pink. And because they were like just straight pink. And then he took a uh, plastic bag, painted the plastic bag black, and then just started like blotching it on there. Oh, yeah, yeah. that's right. They look killer. That's cool. Because I went up and started talking. It would be hard him. to do in your rock rings, though, because like nah, his are steel. You know, yeah, his are steel and his are really wide. His are like three inches wide. So yeah, a lot yeah, of yeah. surface area. That's why all pink was probably like, whoa. Um, yeah so it looks it looks really good like that I, I i asked him if he like did it intentionally with like saran wrap he's like no no no, that was an afterthought i was like well for an afterthought it looks pretty good <laughs> yeah it does i was like i definitely would not change that um but uh yeah it's uh it'll be cool it'll be cool to get some more things done you you, you want to wrap it up oh you yeah think- we've been going for a long time <laughs> yeah hour and 13 minutes we gave him podcast say something for the patreon right Okay, well, um, make sure to check out our partner companies. We're going to wrap this thing up. 
Um, check out the partner company's complete off road. Uh, do you know the number? Five six three five eight three five three six three. Hey, check out Crawler Off Road hey. at crawleroffroad.com. Check out Off Road Anonymous at offroadanonymous.com. And if you're looking for some inflation deflation things, go check out Morflate at m o r r f l a t e dot com. L eight L eight L eight L eight T m o r f late f late f late f late dot com more f late. Uh, yeah, we just got, uh, they must have the 10, six compressors coming back in stock now because we just got bills in a couple days ago, like last week, um, nice. bills came in. So just gotta wait for him to get time to swing by the shop, pick it up. And then he'll have a full more flight system with the 10, six compressor and the, and the quad. Nice. So, I can't yes, wait sir. for my Vier to fight the dust. Cause I really, I'm just like, <laughs> You don't I need, need to. I want to buy one, but I'm yeah. like, I can't. I, there's no point in having two compressors. You know what right. I mean? Yeah. And you said your tire up time was what, like 13, 14 minutes? 12, I think. Oh, 12 minutes. That's not too bad. That's pretty no, that's it's decent. Not. It'd be, I think, based on the numbers I ran, I think it'd be like six or eight, though, with, with the Morflate compressor, I can't, though. I can't wait to use the new shop air that we plumbed today. Oh, yeah. To, uh, fill, to fill up my more flight to fill up the Jeep. Oh, the Jeep's going to bounce off the ground. <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious. Like, I'm curious to see how, if, if it's how much quicker it is because it's 130 you're PS. Gonna be, you're going to be limited by the, uh, valve core. I'm going to take the valve cores out. Well, the, Oh my next God. Time, next really time fast. I do it, I'm going to take them out just to see. <laughs> just to see. see. Yeah, yeah. You should do it. That'd be awesome. <laughs> if you do the, I bet if, it goes fast. I bet, I bet it goes fast. I'm going to do it, do it. And I'm going to do it in a, uh, like I'm going to do it in a video, but I'm going to like speed the video. Up. It's going to be like, zoop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Make sure, yeah. Put your camera on a tripod. Obviously. That'd be hilarious. Mm -hmm. uh, you could do the same thing in reverse. Just reverse it as it's going down and speed it up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, well, but yeah, we, but it would probably fill faster than it would deflate. Right. Uh, yeah. More oh, yeah. pressure on the fill side. Oh, right? Yeah way more yeah. the yeah. uh yeah the system we just put in the in the shop is that max line setup it's three quarter inch airline nice yeah and i opened we had to i had a leaking fitting and i had to tighten it back up and so i opened i shut the air compressor off and i cracked i just wide opened one of the half inch valves at the uh at one of the outlets and walked away three minutes that 80 gallon tank was empty Dang, I was like, fast. yeah, so fast that the, all the airline going to that outlet was sweating. Like, oh, yeah. it was so cold. Nice. <laughs> yep. That's what happens so. when you drop pressure so quickly, it gets cold. Oh, yeah. It's air conditioning. <laughs> mm -hmm. Pretty much. Yeah. It's one-way air conditioning. <laughs> yep. One -way, yeah, one-way air conditioning. Um, mm, horribly inefficient air conditioning. Yeah, because to, to get it to do it again, you have to turn the heater on. <laughs> That compressor will heat that garage up pretty quick. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, thanks for joining us for episode 148. And we'll catch you on the trail. good did you get it yeah you want you me want to uh i'll stop and make a new one you want to do patreon things
Yeah, let's do Patreon things. What are you gonna tell? Oh shit. We just we can just lie Wait. and tell them that you tightened your <laughs> oh yeah, I had like fifteen turns. Uh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is losing shit. Uh <laughs>